Good morning, Colleen Hunt from Gluten-Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama. And it looks like I didn't take all my makeup off. Uh, anyways, um, did an experiment. I've been, for the last week or two, sleeping until whenever I got up. I let my, I look up and I let my lazy butt just go back to bed and sleep and sleep. And I found that maybe it was a combination. It seemed I needed my allergy drugs more. And with my allergy drugs, I need to go for a two or three hour nap, usually about two hours after I take them. And then I'm ready for bed at 6.37. And um, I'm normally the person that gets up at 4, does my exercises, goes for my 8K walk, comes back, does some more exercises, does my Spanish, does this and that, and then gets on with my day. And I haven't been able to because of the lockdown. But... There is a lot of stuff I, I want to get done in the morning when it's cooler. And I went, okay, let me do a five o'clock wake up and see if I could do my floor exercises, my weights, my exercises, my shower, my TikTok videos, my media posts, uh, any cleaning. And so I'd be done by nine. I'm pretty well on it. And what I've noticed is that I haven't been taking because I'm doing everything when it's cooler, so I don't sweat that much. So then I don't need my allergy drugs because I'm not itchy. So then I stay up for the entire day. I go to bed probably around 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, but I'm online until 9 or 10, and then I get up at 5. And I've been having better sleeps. I've been having more solid pockets of sleep. I might wake up at 12 or 2 for a couple minutes, look around, go to the watchman. That's it. And I feel more rested, except for the fact that about 3 or 4 in the afternoon, I'm lying around the house going, I'm bored in the house, I'm in the house bored. Um, and mom's giggling because she goes, the board games are coming out soon, aren't they? They might be. They might be. But since I'm sitting in the house, like I'm sure a lot of people are, I'm eating more. Even though I'm exercising, I'm eating more than I usually do. So I think every second day I'm going to try some different dance routines to get my to get different body parts moving that haven't moved in in a while and get my heart rate up and and see if I can have good, solid sleeps at night. Because taking those naps is just, then at night I'm getting up every hour on the hour, and then it just seems to be a vicious cycle. And you do ridiculous things like contact ex-boyfriends. <laughs> oh. Anyways, um, I'm just wondering how people are coping if their if their uh, sleep patterns are are different. Um, if they're talking to people, 
about what's happening, their fears, their joys. I read a Facebook post from my son-in-law, and he is so much like me in some ways, as gardening-wise, because he planted about 130 vegetables and 150 flowers. Different. And I was just like that. Um, when we had the acreage, I started with, a, oh, I think the garden was 50 feet by 100. Um, my husband uh, helped me. We put a, a fence around it to stop the, it didn't stop, stop the dogs, but it s stopped them from running through the gardens which was really irritating, but they still could go under it. It was a, a nice wooden fence. They still could go under it. But then we um, had a gate on it and stuff like that, and then the gate was wide enough so that uh, we could bring the tractor in because the tractor had a, a rototiller. And then uh, I remember one year he gave me every, – every spring he would do something for the gardens. And then the next year he gave me a water tower. Instead of me watering by the bucket load, he got a tank and he put it on the water tower so that there's enough pressure, the, the height pressure, uh, gravity pressure, so that I could water. But it still took another hour to water. And then he had also built me a greenhouse so I could start in, and that was northern Alberta, I could start in March, April in the house. Uh, March, April in the greenhouse and stuff that like cool weather could be in there. We, we had a space heater on a timer, a uh, uh, space heater on a timer. We could grow in there until November. Then he brought, yeah, he brought electricity to the uh, solar panel with a battery charge uh, to the greenhouse. So we had electricity and lights. And then one year he did um, a pumping system. So the water tank had a pumping system on there. And that just, just cut my watering time in half. Um, he did a lot of stuff for the garden stuff. He, we built, um, uh, we did tables. I think I had six Four by eight, one, one, two, uh, three or four, four by eight growing tables. And he did the lights adjustable so that you could adjust them from three inches away from the plants to three feet away from the plants. Because I started a lot of my stuff in January, February. And like my son-in-law, I would have like 130 vegetables. It'd be... Um, I did pickled peppers one year and somebody said they wanted the hottest one. So I found peppers that were the hottest in the world and I pickled them and we had, they were best sellers for people that, that could never find peppers hot enough for them. Um, we had like 20 or 30 different types of peppers, the same and 20 or 30 different types of tomatoes. Um, we wanted tomatoes from the spring right through to fall. I remember my daughter and her friend Sarah, when they uh, stayed the summer and helped me with the farmer's market, they could pick 
all the cherry tomatoes they want and sell them. And they sold cherry tomatoes to make enough for spending money for the trip to Jamaica. Like it was, but unfortunately it ruined my daughter's love of tomatoes for the rest of her life. Um, in the summer, tomatoes and cucumbers, that's what I lived on. And it so, seems so strange that, that now I'm allergic to tomatoes. Uh, I've always been allergic to the tomato plants and when I'd go out to check the garden, he'd say, uh, take your gloves. He said, I'm not touching anything. He said, don't touch those tomato plants. Cause I, I just, I just go in there and I just, I couldn't stop once I started doing something like weeding or whatever. And if they brushed against me, I'd have a rash, um, a really bad rash, but we had herbs and stuff. I remember when we, when we first moved into that house, it's, it was almost like it was abandoned. The gardens definitely were abandoned. They had never in the entire history of that property, I don't think they ever picked up one piece of binder twine, um, bale twine, ever. Because we found it in our, in our rototiller. We bought a rototiller for the back of the tractor. And we do one swath of the rototiller. And it would take maybe five minutes to do the swath, and it would take two to three hours to cut out the binder twine that was wrapped up in the blades. And then we do it again. We did that entire six acres, I bet you, ten times we rode tilled the whole thing. And it took a couple years before we could till and not get it bunged up in binder twine. And we had mufflers in there, and we had... Uh, uh, blades for uh, the furrows and we had like I got so good at changing the guard the chains uh, the chain the rotation chain on that because um, it was chain drive uh, taking the side off and replacing the links because they'd bust because it, it, there was so much crap in that yard but uh I remember we planted like three or 4,000 trees. I planted them. I watered them by bucket. And then we had a watering system. He and the dogs would drive around in the vehicle. And I would run behind with the hose and, and water all the trees. And some of those trees are three stories high now. And that was from, we got that house in 2000 and November 2000. And, 2006 and by 2008 um it was pretty well cleaned up but yeah we had the 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 plants upstairs we had to uh check the ph level on the water because certain plants had different ph levels um we'd keep the plants in there until they got to the the sometimes one foot, two foot, and then we'd take them outside and we'd put them around the greenhouse so that they got ready for the wind and the different uh, temperature differences, and then we'd plant them. And we started with that 50 by 100 foot garden, and we had stuff so that from the beginning of spring right through to the first or second or third snowfall, we would have vegetables. And then 
this we had that garden for one or two years one year I think it was and then we put the tomato garden in and, and it was the same size and it was just tomatoes but I planted it under plastic so uh black plastic so I didn't have to uh weed and I spaced it out so I could just drive through with the rototillers so that that um fixed a lot of problems but we had because it's northern alberta we had problems with hail so the third year that we had the gardens i figured out how you had the tomato cages and then you had a, a clear garbage bag and i figured out how to attach the clear garbage bag on the outside and then you were able to have the top part uh, open for the air circulation and then if you had warnings that hail is coming because we'd had hail in June, July, August you would be able to go and you clip it up or if you were going to have frost that night you would clip the top and it was enough to keep the plant safe and then after for some of the plants the pepper plants loved that heat but for some of the plants what we did was with the tomatoes, it would get too hot for them, so you'd have to take them off. And um, then I would just keep them for another time. And then we'd have the two 50 by 100 foot gardens, and I went, ah, oh, let's do another one. So the government was giving um, trees away, and we ordered, I think, two or three years in a row, we ordered another 2,000 trees and bushes. So I had them, and I, and I slowly replanted them until they were the size that they needed to be to go in the hedges for um, for wind reduction because you were on the prairie. Shelter belt, that's what it's called. And then we had the squash and cucumber, squash, pumpkin, and cucumber garden. And that was uh, 50 by 100 at least, if not bigger, it was a big garden. And we had to put, uh, I put a wire fence around that because of the dogs. And um, we would have fresh pumpkins and squash until I would harvest until October. And we would have, I'd put them in a cold room. We'd have them until may june the next year and that includes selling them at the farmer's market because it was a, a a real treat for people in january february to have uh locally grown squash but you had to make sure there was air circulation in the cold room you had to make sure that it was cool but not freezing there's a lot of different things a lot of different things that i find that i've done throughout my life that people did years and years and years ago and might be pertinent to these days. I always keep vegetable seeds. Always, always, always. Because they're so easy to grow. Um, it gives you something to look forward to. Something to, to tend to. Something to look to in the future. Might be something small. But maybe that's something that just 
All you need is something small. You know, I sit out here on the back patio on the mornings, and I have a bunch of bluebirds that sit on the clothesline right beside where I'm sitting and talk to me until I put a banana out. Like, stare me down until I put a banana out. But anyways, I went right off on that rant. I, um, when I let, when, when we got that place, we had uh, a raspberry stand that I don't think produced much. Um, it got cut down to about a foot on the ground two or three times because we did a roofing project and uh, painted that one barn. And then the apple trees had never been tended to, and we trimmed them back. Like, we took a good 20 feet off them. And those were the original trees, apple trees, and a variety of them since 1940, since the place was, the house was built. And the neat thing was, is the person that built and, and put those trees in, they knew what they were doing because you would have apples. Um, we had 14, 13 or 14 trees. You would have apples from August right through until the second or third snowfall. And every two weeks, another batch of trees would be ready. So the neat thing was, is that by the time you were finished harvesting and canning and making the applesauce or whatever from that one batch, the next batch was ready. So it wasn't at all at one time. That was the neat thing. Um, by the time I left, there was uh, blackberries, raspberries, the apple trees, the cherry trees, the black currants, the red currants, a 65-foot-long stand of rhubarb. Um, the raspberries were probably 60 feet long by four or five feet deep. Um, you had a double, sometimes triple, uh, thick line of shelter-built trees. And like I said, I think they're about, some of them are three stories high. And um, it came up to about 20 different fruit trees and bushes. Because you never know. You had well water, um, electricity and cable were pretty well, pretty well the things that, that you needed. And that house, it was metal roof, concrete siding, concrete brick. It, it was after everything was installed, there was supposed to be no maintenance on that for 25 years. It's a gorgeous house. Anyways, I rambled on for almost 20 minutes now about gardening. It's just neat, guys, that gardening and vegetables and flowers is, is a lost art. It's something that I've done since I was three or four years old. I've had a love for it. I've always been entranced with placing a seed in the ground and you get something that you can eat out of it and it doesn't take much work. So I guess that's my story for the day. Anyways, I find that if I schedule myself to get up 
instead of lounging around and having a purpose and doing stuff when it's cooler in the day. My day is more pleasant, my day is more manageable, and my sleep at night is consistently solid sleep. So, you guys have a good day. I hope you are up to something. I'm going to do my Spanish now. Colleen Hunt from Gluten Free Gold. Bye.